Hi everybody, I'm Chad Bokelman. I'm Mark Marble. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 198. The one you've all been waiting for. Or not, depending. But but it's a special episode nonetheless. Yeah, the, the, depending depending on your uh, viewpoint of the material. Well, if you hate the material, maybe we can make it a little better. <laughs> this, this is true. Uh, we should probably let them know what we're actually talking about. Uh, we are actually, this is, if you couldn't tell by the title of the episode when you downloaded it, this is the commentary track for Green Lantern, the live action movie featuring Ryan Reynolds as Green Lantern. Or Mark Strong as Sinestro, as we probably prefer to remember it as. <laughs> that, 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 is, that is the preferred memory. Oh, man. So, for those of you playing along at home, we are starting at the 14-second mark of the theatrical version. Uh, we kind of... Uh, I was debating doing the extended cut, but honestly, the extended cut doesn't really add enough to the movie to warrant... Uh, you know, a discrepancy of, you know, going for the extended, you know, a lot of people's reaction to the movie was such that you probably didn't invest in the extended cut either. <laughs> I was gonna, I was going to say that, that not everybody either has bought the extended cut or, or may have even ex- uh, taken the time to watch the extended cut. So, right. and you were correct that it, it doesn't add that much to it. And I could, you could definitely see why they didn't go with that version because it does start a lot slower. It adds a little bit to the background of how. But it, it definitely is a slower start. Well, Mark and I are starting at the, like I said, the 14 second mark into the theatrical version. Uh, the WB uh, Warner Brothers Pictures logo is on the screen with the starry background, and we are going to count down from three, two, one, and when we hit, when we say play, that's when we'll hit play, and we'll go from there. And as you know, commentary track has to sync up fairly perfectly with the movie, so if there's any background noise or you know mark and i cough or fart or something <laughs> uh then uh, just deal with it because uh, <laughs> there's there's no way that we can you know edit out anything without uh uh unsyncing our commentary from the <laughs> so and just remember if there are if there are any belches or farts or any noises that are really not proper it was kilowog that's right <laughs> Michael Clark Duncan did it. <laughs> May he rest in peace. Yes. All right. So, are we ready for this? Might as well give it a shot. All right. So, three, two, one, play. Ooh, shiny. <laughs> now, this DC logo right off the bat, does it look. I mean, that's not green enough, right? It's kind of. It's very yellowish. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a yellow green. I don't like that. Even the WB logo was just as much green or more green than uh, yellow. Jeffrey, more yellow than green, I should say. Best part, one of the best parts of the movie, Jeffrey Rush's overview of the history of the Green Lantern Corps, which was also one, probably the best trailer they did of all the trailers they did for Green Lantern. The narration trailer using this dialogue was, to me, the best trailer too. Yeah, probably a little too late, but still, giving the history of the Green Lantern Corps and. How important Will is and setting up our main villain for the movie, too. Yeah, it's very dynamic. Although, I don't want to know if I like the star picture. Like, not, we're, we're coming up on it here in a second. Okay, it's cool right here with the with the Green Lantern logo, where it kind of goes through. And then, you know, a lot of people don't like the, the background music, but I thought it was sort of epic here. They, yeah, I think it still worked here. Yeah. That was okay. This this uh, Sinestro Core logo thing, 
But right about here, when Corona's face shows up, and then you get this starry right here with Abinsur. I don't know if I like yeah, that. Yeah, I think that could be confusing to people. Yeah. Last, Lost Planet of Riot. <laughs> oh, man. Ode to Atrocity. I do like the, the way they design. This is why I wish we spent more time in space in Oa for stuff like this. The way this looks. Yeah, I think, yeah, the, the special, for a lot of the hell that this movie caught up for the special effects, certainly the stuff in space, I think they did a really good job with. And you have to wonder if, since Riot is the lost sector here and, and Chronolax is, is, is captured here, you wonder maybe if they ever continue this further along that maybe Chrono was going to be responsible for wiping out, you know, this sector as more than the Manhunters were. Right. I just don't think they gave a good enough background for Krona, as we're about to. This part was kind of cool when you first saw it, though. Yeah. A little, little unexpected when they step in, they finally, and these these poor wayward space travelers end up coming face to face with the epitome of fear. They kind of look like Kilowog, don't you think? Or at least the like when I first saw the movie, I was thinking, are these like a race of Kilowogs? Because we, at, I mean, we had seen a trailer, but as of this point, I was like. Is is this a race of Kilowogs or are these Bolivaxians? I don't know. They kind of you could you could see a little of that in them. Yeah, a little bit. And this is this part is kind of in weird the way. Yeah. They never they never really explain how he was able to you know how he, you would think he'd be able to capture Parallax like that or Krona. And this is one I think one of the failings of the movie is that they even though you kind of get a background on it later on about uh, how Krona, who really isn't named, but how Krona becomes possessed by Parallax, that it just seems like it it's left really up in the air for people who aren't overly familiar with the Green Lantern mythology of what happened here. How come he looks one way and then yeah. as soon as he becomes right. free, now he's this amorphous yellow cloud thing and. Look out, Hente everywhere. Here comes the cloud penis monster. <laughs> Look out, Galactus. Here comes Parallax. Oh, God. Uh, you think he would have learned from that? Six months later. And why six months later? I don't understand. That long? <laughs> yeah, I don't understand. Maybe Parallax needed a vacation. I do like that they included... I mean, they don't say it, do they? Yeah, they just say Sector 2814. They don't... This is a Sector House. I like that they included a Sector House, but... But yes, for most people, it would have been... It kind of would have been lost. Yeah. And it could always raise the yeah, question... Yeah, but, but, but what's it matter? Like, if, if people don't understand that it's what a Sector House is, then th- that's fine. There's not, There's no love lost for them if they don't understand. That's true. It's just a spaceship. It's just a, it's just Green Lantern in a spaceship, pretty much. <laughs> Help me, Evan, sir. You're my only hope. <laughs> You're my only hope. Evan, <laughs> 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 uh, sir, looks great. He does. And on our first glimpse at the highlight of the movie, Mark Strong is Sinestro. You know, was it? I don't think it was actually in the book, because you and I both have from script to screen, right? Yes. Or, I mean, we're not reading it while we're watching the movie, but um, was it in the book, or was it just in an interview or something that Mark, they wanted to design Sinestro a certain way, but Mark Strong insisted on it being kept more 
closely to the uh, comics. I think there were yeah there were different there were a lot of different sketches and in incarnations of how of how we should look and then they kind of even with the haircut kind of giving him more more almost more of a military look and things like that and I don't know but what did you think of this parallax confrontation with Abin Sur? It doesn't last very long. No. And you would think Abin Sur, considering what he did before, would have lasted a little longer. <laughs> And this may again, this might raise the question, not so much again with the sector house, the idea of if the, if you're a Green Lantern and you can fly and everything, which we will see later on. This part it hasn't been clearly established for people who don't know. Uh, why would they have a you know why would they need a spaceship to fly from here to there? The sector house thing does give a better explanation for it, but I, I wonder I wonder if Parallax can only sense the energy when it's being used. So that's why he well, first of all, he's wounded. So he gets in the escape ship, and rather than flying away using his power, there's Ryan, and, yep. and uh, rather than uh, getting in his, you know, flying away under the power of his ring, he gets in the ship because Parallax would obviously sense him. Oh, I, I think it's perfectly. It makes perfect sense that once he's hurt, why why he's in there. I think to some people it might be weird why he's even in a, in a ship to begin with, as you know. But I think they. There's a decent amount of understand. I think you kind of like just suspend your disbelief to to certain things. And Parallax, as far as why it took him so long to even come after Abin Sir, he may have you know he was weak to begin with, so he probably stopped and did all. As Sinestro was given the play by play for all the for the damage that was done on the, on the worlds, you know, leading up to Parallax eventually coming to Earth. It's the whole idea that Parallax probably needed to recharge off of fear before he felt he was capable of going after Abin Sir. <laughs> Yeah, this part's funny. Is that the General Lee? It kind of looks like it, but it's not. <laughs> Bo and Luke Duke. Ferris <laughs> 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 aircraft. Carl, you douchebag. Have, haven't they learned anything about these autopilot ships? <laughs> Then they then they watch stealth and other and other movies along those lines. It's Skynet. It's Skynet. Skynet. Uh, it's a Camaro, right? Is that what that is? I think it's a Camaro um, or a Challenge. No. Yeah, I don't think it's a Camaro. I don't think a Challenge. I don't think it's a Challenger either. And our great scene from the trailer, which didn't impress people at all either. Yeah. You know, I was. <laughs> I just the age difference d- didn't really bother me when I first watched it, but you know we've had obviously a few years to think about it. It she's way too young, and her acting is. I don't know if I can blame it all on her though. It kind of has. It, it's kind of half her, half the writing. And this, to be fair, is probably her, probably her worst. The worst part in the movie for her. Yeah, this isn't. Which, which is why them putting it in the trailer was not a good, was not really a smart idea, either. She just comes across as very stiff. It's not a. Yeah, it's not. It's not a good entrance scene for Carol either. This would have been a good entrance scene for her. Yes. As a as they test their aircraft prototypes to try to impress everyone, and of course, there's there's Hal the wild card always throwing a monkey wrench into stuff. 
Oh, Tom. Yeah, I was just going to say, what did you think of Tom? I, I liked him. I mean, he... You know, it would have been racist to make him anything, you know... Yeah, they avoided... I think they avoided the stereotype well enough yeah. to capture the essence of the car- of the relationship, but not... Yeah, given the high-tech age, he's more... Him being more of a techie seems to make sense. Although, you could still make him a mechanic and... You know, I, that would have been cool, actually, to see how wandering around Ferris, you know, and just hanging out with the mechanics and... Yeah, that would have been, that could have been cool. Yeah. Or, or split the two and basically have him be the, the tech wizard for everything that's on, you know, for all the, all the systems that are on the ship, not necessarily physically repairing the engines, but as much as everything with to do with the software and things like that, so. Yeah. Good old Hal. Acting on his own. I'll do whatever I have to do to complete the mission, even if it means goodbye, baby. <laughs> Uh, sapphire, the sapphire logo. Yep, I was good. Great minds think alike. Yes, the <laughs> sapphire logo on the helmet. Something we'll never see come to fruition unless on role playing night at the Ryan Reynolds house. <laughs> Did you just sacrifice your wingman? <laughs> he laughs. That that was a very howl moment right there. It was that, a very howl. That laugh, <laughs> and even so, and even this scene, a lot of this, I think, is how like too the way he would push it to the limit to try to basically almost like the Tony Stark thing with uh, with when he was fighting uh, Ironmonger there. Push since he knew you, you could go to a certain level and the armor is going to freeze, but 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 Ironmonger didn't, and then he t- uses that by trial and error. He you know he learned he uses his own experience, mm. which he has, and use it against the opponent who doesn't know what the hell they're doing. Now, this part always kind of bothers me once they start falling back to Earth, though. I just didn't... With him freezing up? Yes. Yeah. I, un- I, under- I understand, you know, they want... And, of course, without having the early part, the bat... The- like in the extended version where you already have the part, see the, the death of its father. You already have that. So you already know that it took place. So again, for people who are not indoctrinated, they don't know that. So this is kind of their way of, I guess, trying to introduce it. But I do kind of have a, pro- I did kind of have a problem and it's kind of a recurring problem throughout the movie about making Hal a little more, a little less confident than he should be. Right. Because, I mean, yeah. he's, Okay, so he takes out the planes. There we go. The drones or whatever. Yes. And <laughs> good, good one, Tom. Uh, yes. Oh, uh, that was that was bad. <laughs> <laughs> so the alarm starts. See, that's that's what I don't get. It's like he's already in free fall and is focused enough to take out the planes, and then a. The alarm, which was sounding before, and him glancing at his his father's picture is what freaks him out. It's not like the plane is in, you know, disrepair or something. Because the because what Tom is is having Hal do the the side to sides is to help you know slow the fall and you know give him you know enough. It's it's almost like jump starting you know to to get it right to get it flying again. And Hal knows how to do that. 
but I just, you know, if, if, if he started going into side to sides and it didn't work and something was wrong or the fuel started going crazy or something, then I could see him reflecting on his dad. But he's already been in free fall for a while now. I, yeah. No, I, I agree. I think, I think this was their creative decision. This was how they decided to introduce the death of his father and trying to you know, raise the, or create the parallel between him and his father that carries forward through, throughout his life, basically, and him trying to kind of live up to his father and, and be overshadowed by the death of his father. So I think this was just, that's all I think this really was, their yeah. creative decision. But do, do I think it really helps the character? No, it, it, it makes him, it, it makes it look like Hal chokes under pressure. Yeah, and that's, and that's not what Hal is. And it, it was a few moments ago, but they are just they just showed his father landing and then getting out of the plane and exploding. That was that was an un, that was unnecessary, and it kind of it kind of takes away from Hal's father, like because in in this in the story, his father there's something wrong with the plane, and he can put it down, but it endangers everybody watching the test flight. So him continuing to fly he sacrifices himself basically in a lot of the stories in in favor of saving everybody else but by having him land and then get out it takes something away from that heroic aspect of Hal's father that he looks up to in a way and it makes it a kind of more I don't want to say brutal but for some reason it's the only, only word I'm thinking of more emotional kind of a scene because oh my dad's fine my dad's fine great oh boom yeah it's like a gotcha moment yeah. that's, that's pretty much what it is it's like it's, it's like in a horror movie when they wait they, they build up they build almost like they build up a scare and then nothing happens everybody relaxes that's when something else happens and makes everybody jump yeah. and that's and that's kind of kind of what it's like so I, I i didn't i didn't appreciate the fact that that they made hal look like he was as, as uh, Carol just says here, asking him whether he choked, that essentially it makes it, it certainly gives the impression that when push comes to shove, Hal might very well choke, especially if it's something that, that could bring back or spark memories of his father. And that's not really Hal. Yeah. Oh, no, you didn't. <laughs> you call me a child? As Hal is almost fired, but not quite fired, basically because of Carol. <laughs> but he's now kind of, but now he's public enemy number one, and pretty much at Ferris, even if he's not currently working there since he's suspended. <laughs> oh, Abin, sir. And you would think somebody would have found this ship a lot sooner than they did, I know, right? <laughs> especially since it's still daylight here. Well, that and. Is- that that in the the modern age, like nobody saw the, no satellite, no nothing picked up this thing. Yeah, they would have been trapped. Unless you want to say that's like a cloaking device on the ship or something, you would think that they definitely would have been tracking. What did you think of this? Ship. Oh, sending sending the energy out basically through the ring to. I didn't have I didn't have a problem with it. I kind of liked in the extended version. I kind of liked how that how that worked a little better than I. Th- yeah, it goes, it goes into him and then, uh, then uh, after he's out of eyesight of everybody else, it appears from within him. Yeah, I kind of, I did enjoy 
that's one part of the extended version I, I kind of did like better. And this is the old Jordan family reunion. Everybody finds out what Hal Jordan did before Hal even shows up for the party. So Jack, his older yes. brother. Jack, Jim, and Hal. So the motorcycle accident again kind of hints that he's kind of got a, at his self-destructive streak. Mm-hmm. And again, that he's some, he pushes himself to the limits, but unlike really how the, how that we know he doesn't, he's more likely not to be able to handle himself as he gets to the limit. That's, they almost seem to be establishing that. Which I guess if you're trying to make the, if you're from a story arc, trying point of view, if it's a car, if it's, the character we had we didn't know anything about maybe that would make more sense that you're trying to establish the fact that he pushes the, he pushes the envelope and up to this point whenever he has pushed the envelope the most he's pretty much failed that kind of helps get him to the point where he's able to succeed but it, again Hal's kind of the character of Hal Jordan is pretty much that he, more or less he was a hero before he even got the ring essentially that the ring chose him because he pretty much had everything it needed to begin with so the ring just gave him an extension of his own abilities that he kind of already had as opposed to – and this Hal Jordan is kind of far removed from that. Wrapped it myself. Putting up, Which is funny. Putting up. As he only killed people on the freeway doing it with his tape and his newspaper. <laughs> it's my job not to be. But then he's failing, obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is another point because of the fact that I un- we understand during Jeff John's run, they changed the concept more to instead of being fearless, being the ability to overcome fear. But still, I think I think they make Hal a little more susceptible to fear than I think we would have assumed he would be in most of the incarnations of Hal that we've seen in the comic books. And, and there it goes. <laughs> <laughs> Zoom in. I like how as suddenly everything gets dark. They do sell at least a little bit of that because of the fact by the time he leaves the party, but yeah, it, it gets rel- it gets dark relatively quick. Yeah. Drops them in the water, of course. Or close enough, anyway. And still they haven't found the ship. <laughs> this is one of the cooler moments of the movie, though. Yeah. And one of the few Super Hal-like movies, moments in the movie. Yeah, it shows, I mean, he's just he sees somebody hurt. And he goes to help. Yep, I doesn't mean, think twice about it, just runs runs to the ship, sees Abin Sir hurt, and he goes to take him out of the ship. And that's that is a very Hal-like moment. Mm-hmm.
<laughs> I love this part. Because <laughs> we're always it's purple blood. No, because we're always we're always joking about how Avin Sir is like, listen, I'm about to die, and then says like forty other things, and he goes, oh, I'm, I'm I'm on the brink of death, and then keeps talking. <laughs> and Avin's like, listen, I'm Avin Sir, protector of Sector Two, and House like, shut up. <laughs> Speak the oath. Whatever the oath is. Hey, you're not looking so good. <laughs> now you're looking worse because you're naked. <laughs> so I guess we know what Evan Sir wears under his uniform. <laughs> he goes commando. Commando. <laughs> This part is kind of funny when he when he calls Tom. Say what? Say again? <laughs> and again, Tom shows up before the military. <laughs> Vultures will show up before the military. <laughs> The spaceship. <laughs> it's real. Meanwhile, you had time to bury Abbott, sir, too. <laughs> he proposed. Yeah. From the government that brought you FEMA. Yeah. <laughs> Good God. I like that. <laughs> They're splashing all around, making all these kinds of turns. The headlights are blaring. <laughs> but nobody's yep. chasing after them. Which is interesting because the ring reacts to the battery then, but when he's trying to do the oath, you know, it doesn't do anything for a while. <laughs> responsibility, you. <laughs> Maybe on their planet's responsibility just being an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> uh, oh, Owa. Oh, uh. They did a nice job with Owa. Oh, uh. I don't know about this, this this little high part of the suitable, the little chambers, though. Yeah. The chairs. And the Guardian's doing what they do best. Play dumb. <laughs> we don't know what you're talking about. Indignant little c- aren't they? <laughs> I think you may have to bleep that one out. <laughs> I probably will. At least, at least it wasn't me. <laughs> it's parallax. Oops. There's a reaction. She would have failed the lie detector test.
Sinestro laughs at fear till he understands it. <laughs> then screw you guys. The Guardians are scared of something. Ooh. Squadron of the strongest lanterns. Who will die a very nice, painful death except not Sinestro though. Now that's impressive. Sinister flies, falls with style. <laughs> yes, Hector Hammond. We must prove he's a geek. He must be eating ramen and being on four different computers, playing chess on one. And playing like a 1995 chess program. And stalking Carol Ferris. Yep. But he has a cute hamster though. Because as you mentioned with the age difference with Blake Lively oh God, and yeah. Ryan Reynolds, now we have this. <laughs> then we have the Hector Hammond component when they're all basically supposed to be around the same age because they went to school together, but that doesn't really look like that at all. Mm-hmm. It looks more like Hector Hammond was their teacher. I mean, don't get me wrong, Sarsgaard's a good actor, but. Wrong, wrong, wrong for this part. Why has there always got to be a retinal scanner? Yep. The smoking man will let them in. <laughs> Just once I'd like to see someone, you know, look at like a high-tech facility, but there'd still be a, a doorman that just goes, what's the password? <laughs> <laughs> that was yesterday's password. Try again. Docking Bay 54. Ah, This is where family ah. connections get you everywhere. What happened to the wall? Got bad posture, too. Why does Waller always have to be some skinny, hot chick? Why can't she? What's wrong with her being the wall? That's a good point. But don't forget, I think that, I think they wanted somebody higher, a big, high profile, relatively attractive. Oh. And they probably, and also because she was, I guess they were dreaming of her being the Nick Fury of the DC, of the more, of the DC universe at this point when they thought Green Lantern was gonna begin it. Well, Wall should be a bigger woman and kind of a dick. She's kind of, she's too sympathetic in this. Well, maybe she would have become harder after this. But we'll never know. I'm not at liberty to tell you you got this gig because of your senator father. The movie battery. (laughs) It is pretty cool. Yeah, it's cool. Very different. Very different than what we're used to, but it's... And the ring... You know, I had, you know, because I got one of the uh, Toys R Us exclusive little figures. Yeah, and so it, the original one. Yeah, just, uh... and it came with a ring, and I, for the life of me, I can't find that ring. It's odd, because I can find all of my rings, except for my Green Lantern ones. Not, <laughs> not, 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 Very interesting. not the plastic ones. I mean, like, because I had one from Silver before they stopped shipping to the U.S., 
And then I had that ring, the movie ring that came with that uh, Toys R Us exclusive minifigure. And I can't find either of those. <laughs> sure it'll turn up, but it, yeah, you're right. It is kind of funny that you can't. Everybody knows the oath. The, the, green, the green Lantern podcaster <laughs> who... Yeah. Who, whose main prop of his favorite character is a ring, has several rings, can find them all, except for the Green Lantern ones. <laughs> but I have my secret decoder ring. Like I'm from a dying purple alien in a swamp. Um. You went from purple to magenta real quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe it's like when you die, you pale to infinity. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> it was that uniform that was keeping him together. Power of Grayskull. <clears throat> this was cool. It was. I just, so I just wish, was, wish it wasn't interspliced with Hector's thing. Yes. I mean, I get what they were going for. You know, the birth of the lantern at the same time juxtaposed against the birth of Hector Hammond. But. And plus, the, and plus the idea that, that we know that it gets, well, it gets further established later on that Parallax is able to pretty much pick up on Abin Sur's ring. Yeah. It's the signature of his ring, even if it's not Abin Sur using it anymore that he knows what he can pick out that ring. Mm-hmm. So it kind of, in a way, would make sense that his ring is that the ring is being fully charged coming back online that it could insp- almost reignite the small fragment of parallax that was still inside Abinsur's dead body I still never bought Blake Lively in this role yeah me neither Dynamic. What's the big wheel thing spinning around in the background? They never explain that. Could that be like an MRI thing? I don't know. Something along those lines, anyway. <clears throat> you know, in in the technology age, <laughs> when we have like, because I have a a sixty eight ter uh, ex, uh, a sixty eight gigabyte flash drive. <laughs> what is with the old school hard drive? <laughs> That's true. What data is he putting on that exceeds 68 gigs? <laughs> and that's not even like, you know, an external hard drive or anything. That's, that, that's like, they took a hard drive out of a computer. That's a computer right, that's, hard that's drive. That's what I was going to say. I, I couldn't get a good, by the time you brought it up, I couldn't, Get a good look at it to see if it was external, if it could possibly have been an external plug and play one. But it did look, even the way he was carrying it, it did look like it was basically an external one. It's like, yeah, let's rip open the computer and take out the hard drive now. Uh, Martin Jordan's everywhere. At least they're laying out the groundwork or the the concept that he's got a he's got big shoes to fill related to his father. Mm-hmm. 
which is his father issues continue. Oh. <laughs> I forgot it was your birthday, but I still gave you a present. <laughs> <laughs> Dancing how? The Fleetwoods. Come softly to me. Do do be dum dum dum. Da da da. <laughs> Nobody can say no to Hal Jordan. <laughs> yeah, that's something I kind of wish we could have seen in this movie. Is how being a little more of a a play a playboy, but I wonder if it would have been cooler not just not him like taking chicks home, but like more of hitting on them and flirting, but still making a point to go home alone because he's in love with Carol. You know what I mean? Like I you know you could still have the relationship with Carol, but. So you can still also have the Playboy side of Hal by just doing that. Him flirting, he's not in a serious relationship or any sort of relationship with Carol. But, you know, you can tell that everything else, every other woman for him is just kind of a game and this is real. They definitely could have had that. Or they could have had him basically just be the magnet where a girl, where they were always coming to him. And flirting with him, and he could have just basically gone along with it to a certain extent, but at the end of the day, like you said, just kind of more times than not, but cut it short. Mm-hmm. Keys jingling. And the great scene that separated his shoulder. Coming up any second now as they, they throw him to the, what the, is it the truck or the wall? I forget which he gets thrown into, but that's, the scene where he separated his shoulder when they were filming this movie. Truck. Boom. There you go. Words not to say to how. His first energy construct as he wipes, as he may have killed three people. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> One of them goes bouncing off the, the roof of a truck and into the bed. The other goes flying through a brick wall. The other That's one, the one I'd be most concerned with. <laughs> the, the other one goes basically straight up and then down into the hood of a car. God. And now the energy, now the energy reacts like maybe now we should take him to Oa. Now that he's already maybe killed three people. We should probably... Oh, uh, oh we didn't know you had a ring. <laughs> Where's that instruction manual? <laughs> Greatest American Hero 2. 
He, well, he killed three people. That's on us. We should probably we should probably <laughs> tell him what he needs to do with this thing. No prologue to Emerald Twilight in this movie. <laughs> and poor Hector Hammond. I don't know. If I was having a dream like this, I think I'd wake up. And... Al's on his way to OA. MTV astronaut shot? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Surprised there wasn't a Wayne Enterprises on the satellite. Yeah. Yellow eyes. Which look awful. CGI yeah. wise. I like how they well, did this. They, yeah, that was cool. They, 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 they keep the fact that they travel through wormholes or something. We don't have time to take the scenic route. This guy killed three people. How <laughs> <laughs> Jordan rushed delivery. <laughs> Better late than never. Overnight to Oa. <laughs> and what would an abduction by aliens be without some anal probing? <laughs> he looks so weird right here. Yeah, he does. Unflattering light, too. It was fluorescence, man. Yep. <laughs> and throw a pair of boy shorts on him, too. That's right. Nothing like Owen torture. That's right. It'll toughen you up. Calm down, you little whiny girl. This is <laughs> you're gonna be a hero. Oh snap! And one of the more divisive aspects of the movie: his uniform, mm-hmm. pro and con. They couldn't even give him a shave. In a way, it's the mask that's worse than the uniform. I know, right? Because when you see him wearing the uniform without without the mask, it doesn't. The concept of it being made from energy is pretty is a pretty clever concept, right? Because it really shouldn't truly be fabric, you would think. Not like the old days of hanging it up in his locker. <laughs> I still wish they went with the white gloves. Yeah. Would it break up the color scheme at least since it's so dark with the green and the black? This part is kind of funny. <laughs> Good old Tomar. <laughs> Have you concluded admiring yourself? Not really. <laughs> Because that mask does it all. That's right. Completely protects your identity. <laughs> Except for those cheekbones. That's right. Jeffrey Rush was really good at this, Tomar. He was. Tomar was a really relatable character in this movie. Much more of a mentor in a way than certainly if Sinestro or even Kilowog, I think. Yeah. 
And here is... I like how Oa has like a constant Aurora Borealis. With some space traffic. It's not Coruscant, but it's close. There's the Senate chamber. <laughs> so Tomar does a good job once again of giving his uh giving us the viewer the history of the Guardians like he and the relevance of the and the importance of the Green Lantern Corps here. I like his eyes. Mm-hmm. Time to fly. <laughs> we know he can fly whether he can land or not is another story <laughs> oh that tricky Hal <laughs> we thought you were falling Hal no I like that he has fun with it Yes, that's something you don't... We've seen that in the, some superhero movies. Yeah, some, like when uh, um, Clark learns to fly in Man of Steel. He's like smiling and laughing. Indeed. But a lot of times we don't get that moment. We... Yeah. But since obviously this suits, no pun intended, Hal's interests, it's even better that it, uh, he happens to have that... That gift. Now we can fly naturally as opposed to needing the plane. No lights out garbage here regarding the power of the central power battery. (laughs) As well it should be. Or is it the strongest source of energy in the universe? There's still. Uh-huh. Chase along. There's Muck Muck. That's right, right there. There's a Mott. Sinistro. Time to rally the troops and diss Hal Jordan at the same time. Because that's what, because that's what I do. Here it comes. <laughs> so much exposition. Yeah, there is a lot of exposition. Everybody look at Hal. <laughs> Just sloppy seconds, Hal.
Kill a world. Salak. I don't need to tell you who we are. Maybe you have to tell Hal. <laughs> Just raise your hand, buddy. Go Alright, everybody. Crowd. Randomly expend all of your energy and shoot out every passing <laughs> every passing ship there is. Ah, uh, it's infinite. We don't care. This part was pretty yeah. cool. Hal's first uh, foray into energy constructing. No, you try. <laughs> this does do a good job of trying to establish how much concentration you need to make a, a construct. All right. Let alone a, a powerful construct. So did you like Kilowog's look? His look is fine. It's just... I never completely bought him. I have no idea if it was the animation or Michael Clark Duncan's voice or what. Or maybe maybe the two just didn't match up well enough. I have no idea. Yeah, I think he could have been a little more... His face could have been a little more Kilowog-ish, I think. But I, I, didn't, I didn't have a problem with it either. Here it comes. Oh. He's going to need green knee braces. Well, at least it's good to know that Hal does pay attention to something in training. <laughs> Since we know this will come back to help him, not haunt him later on. Since the energy is essentially energy, I mean, the suit is essentially energy, and underneath that, Hal's wearing nothing but boy shorts, does sliding around all over the place and getting hit, it's got like, you know, Rope burn or anything? <laughs> that's a that's a good question. How much armor? How armor like is the uniform? Even though we, it looks very light, is 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 there some kind of armor protection to it? <clears throat> Hal and Sinestro face to face. Kiss. <laughs> and just like that, training is over. 
go back to Earth. You're a hero now. <laughs> well, not quite. <laughs> First, he needs to get his ass kicked by Sinestro. Then we can send him on his way. Now that he's at his lowest point, send him back to Earth. I like how Hal regards Sinestro. He's got that wary look about him, like, I don't know about this guy. It is kind of cool, though, even though Hal picks the weapon, the fact that he really has no experience with the weapon, so Sinestro still can just beat him with it so mm-hmm. easily. And this dialogue by Sinestro is pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. How fear is what stops you from taking action. The old Gatling gun. Captain Sinestro. Uh-huh. All valuable lessons Sinestro is teaching him. I don't know if I like Hal being so easily defeated by Sinestro. He should. Oh, I don't. I don't. I think. I, I mean, should he? Should he lose? Yes, but to not get any good licks whatsoever in. I think the only thing the only thing positive you can take from that is if you want to look at something positive is the fact that he was able to re- react relatively quickly with constructs that he was able instinctually to make constructs as quickly as he so he learned that at least even though yes his constructs were weaker compared to than Sinestro's. Hmm. But yes the what was me Hal Jordan not really doesn't really do justice, I think, to the character. Apartment seems small now, didn't it? (laughs) At least they give give him a good excuse for not having to miss work since he was on suspension anyway. Which is always one of the problems. It's like, oh, usually he's getting in trouble for never showing up because he's got to do stuff related to his more important job. And Lord knows this Sinestro convoy here is his little assault force. Suddenly takes a long time in coming to fruition from the time they first make it sound like he's putting the team together. Yeah. And poor nerdy Hector Hammond. Students thinking indistinctly. <laughs> Yeah, that's funny. There is good. Michael yawns. (laughs) 
Hacker's power is developing. It's still an odd, it's it's still a somewhat odd choice to make his powers based off of fear. Mm. We know why they did it because they needed an extension of parallax on Earth, but we know we know if there's one thing that drives Hector Hammond for the most part is greed. <laughs> he's a very he's a very jealous, envious person, so he may have fear in him, but it's certainly not the part of the spectrum that you would think would naturally go to him. But he was infected, so it's not like it chose him necessarily. He just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time, which is probably how they would explain it away. Nothing like blood tests to find out how screwed up you are. <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> Seeing your blood cells start turning you and turning yellow, that's not shredding good. apart and bubbling up from the inside. Oh, I, yep. I love it. A flip phone. Oh god. Well, based on the character, it's all, it was. It's not really out of the ordinary considering what they look at the computer program that he's, he's still using. In that hard drive he used earlier. Yeah. I wonder if Amanda Waller was like, someone transfer this to a flash drive for me. (laughs) And again, from an age point of view, Tim Robbins playing his dad, that's kind of an interesting choice, Mm -hmm. too. (laughs) There it is. A very reflective moment for Hector Hammond. Mm-hmm. A non-greedy moment for Hector Hammond. It should have been somebody else. The rock. Any danger field of the Green Lantern movie, Hector Hammond, no respect. Sector 2312, where we finally get the Green Lanterns confronting Parallax. Kilowog is with him. You saw that, right? I think I saw it. I don't want to backtrack. I was hoping we'd see him again. There goes Kilowog. See, I'm wondering if if Sinestro went out with a bunch of lanterns. And some of them got blown back, but the ones that stopped themselves from... See what I mean? Right. So I don't think Sinestro is the only one that returned. I was kind of 
pa- I was kind of playing around with that. I no, I, 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 I recently re-listened to episode 100 in, uh, in preparation of 200 coming up, and we were that was our first uh, on-air talk, uh, non-spoiler or, or spoiler-free or spoiler-filled talk of the Green Lantern movie. In that, and a lot of people were thinking that Sinestro was the only person who came back. So I think it proved just there that he wasn't the only person that came back. And now we get the little parallax origin. Mm-hmm. Where is this? They don't really. They, that's the part they don't really establish where the. Basically, the fear chamber is, this, which is designed pretty cool. They make it seem like it's in Oa, like it's a hidden antechamber somewhere in Oa. Chrono always has to play around with stuff he does he shouldn't be touching. That would have been nice if they would have named him. Mm-hmm. And it's quite interesting that Sinestro has no knowledge of any of this, including because, with his closeness with Abin yeah. Sur. Because you would think Abin Sur, even if he wasn't supposed to mentioning, mention anything to anyone, that Sinestro, he might kind of like, he might give him the heads up on that. Yeah, he had told, in the comics, he told Sinestro about the Blackest Night prophecy. Forging a yellow ring, because what could possibly go wrong with that? But at least the Guardians seem are relatively consistent that they still make a lot of mistakes. Yeah. Isn't this song, it was supposed to be like, it debuted the same year Hal Jordan did in the comics? I'm not. I'm not sure. I might. I'm be. pretty sure the song that we just saw being sung uh, was introduced sometime in the '60s. I think. Hector and Howe, school buddies reunited. Teacher and student. <laughs> Father and son. <laughs> You just can't catch a break. But even your own dad likes Hal Jordan more than you. You got problems. Yeah. Though in Hal's defense, he he kind of he kind of picks up picks up on the the negative aspect at least towards Hector of what his father's saying. So at least he tries to steer it back to try to give people like Hector, you know, the thinkers, more credit. But of course, the damage is done. Mm. Which we haven't seen yet until... No, still haven't seen it. Still haven't seen it. Still, no, no. (laughs) No. Still nothing. I love it. Hal comments on her dress and we haven't seen any of it still. (laughs) 
the letterbox is just cut right above. Yep. She, she could have been. She could be naked for there all we, we know. Blake Lively is gorgeous, though. She's definitely attractive. Mm-hmm. We just know that, based on overall presence, she doesn't exude that Carol Ferris vibe. Maybe she could have gr- grown into it, but we'll never know now. Hector's not looking happy. Hello, Creeper. Yeah. <laughs> Let me get a big snort of your hair. <laughs> and steal somebody's drink. That's John Stewart. You know, the subtitles, it looks a little laughter, it looks a lot more sarcastic. Yeah, I'm doing great. Ha ha. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, and I did, ch- I did ex- get to check out that alien body the other day. <laughs> Would you like to come back to my apartment and see it? Time to go, Senator. Hector, this is a fancy party. Button up your shirt. <laughs> Put on a tie, damn you. <laughs> it's his Sunday best. Leave him alone. Please, dangerously hover over the entire audience yes. in a helicopter just so you can wave. <laughs> What's on tap is death. <laughs> and... Time to find a phone booth. Let's see. Still nothing. Now the ring's like, oh, something's going on. <laughs> I do kind of wish, as this movie played out, and maybe if, again, maybe if they had continued with this series, they would have done more with it. I wish they would have established more of a relationship with, between the ring and Hal. I wish the ring talked. Yes, at least, you know, telepathically, at least to Hal. No one else hears it, but but he hears it. That, I think, would have been the better way to go, to establish a personal relationship between Hal and the ring. Because I would... Because I always thought that would be an interesting concept, which would, depending on whichever storylines you went you went down the road with uh, or whichever you decided to go later on and, and do down the road that, that maybe Hal can do things that other Green Lanterns can't, not just because of, I mean, obviously it's because he mastered his will, but because he and the, he and the ring have a different kind of relationship. So the ring also will maybe do things for him that if he, the ring was being worn by somebody else, it just wouldn't do. Yeah. 
So. Great Lantern's first night. But he doesn't rescue a cat out of a tree like in Super Green Lantern Waterbed. And she's not soaking wet. <laughs> Thank you, stranger, who looks just like Hal Jordan. See if the ring had changed the hair like in the like in that comic the other day, it would it would have been a better disguise. And product placement. Or Hector. I really feel bad for his hamster. He really gets a raw deal in this movie. <laughs> Something's wrong with Daddy. I'm on I think out. In the extended cut, doesn't Hector like play around with his powers and like spins the hamster wheel too fast. Yeah, he I think or levitates or something. Yes, there's definitely more with the hamster and the nothing, I mean, nothing negative. No hamsters. Kill the hamsters. No hamsters. Yeah, no hamsters were harmed in the making of this motion picture. <laughs> but still, but yeah, there, there is a little more established in there. TV still working. Must be really good connection. <laughs> He's going to smell the picture of Carol. At least it's a different article. I like how he's not at all concerned with this sudden physical transformation. (laughs) He's probably not used to looking in the mirror anyway, so maybe he doesn't think twice. (laughs) Backseat driver over here. (laughs) That's the best you could do the first time. (laughs) You owe me. You know, of all the costuming choices in this movie, there's one thing I really must know as far as, as, uh, uh, options in there. What pajama pants is Hal wearing? Cause right here they look super comfortable. <laughs> Ring finger. finger. Look at those, they look comfortable as all get out. It could be warm, you don't know. <laughs> Break it already. <laughs> Say the oath. Shazam! <laughs> Rock green!
So the uniform looks much better in space. This part is funny. With the Batman voice. <laughs> Just doing my job, ma'am. <laughs> there used to be something in the in the comics, I think, that the ring and the costume not only gave you everything, but it also like kind of distorted your face in a way. Not not it just kind of like I don't know, like a perception filter or something. And I could see that. That would make sense. Just like, realistically speaking, you're wearing the Green Lantern ring on your finger the whole time. Everybody shouldn't see that you're wearing a Green Lantern mm-hmm. ring. I mean, it should be almost like, again, it should kind of, the same idea could be in the eye of the beholder, that maybe the people that you trust can see that it's a Green Lantern ring, but but to the, to the world and the universe at large, it'll just be a ring. It won't be a Green Lantern ring. How? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the mask. I think that really is the issue mm-hmm. here. I think the ring also, at some point, distorted your voice a little bit. I mean, he's actively doing it here, but I think it distorted it somehow. Came with, it came with the outfit. <laughs> Yeah, people like calling... Everybody likes calling the ring magic. <laughs> At least that's consistent with the comics, There's no too. such thing as magic. That's when Alan pops up and goes, uh, excuse <laughs> me? Up yours, buddy! <laughs> Which is kind of funny, because Alan Scott was in the, was supposed to be in the original draft of the script. He was almost... I think he was, the, I think he was the narrator in the original draft of the script. He showed up at the end and reveals himself. Oh. Not necessarily to Hal, but he just shows up. Cool. And I liked, I did like the scene between the two of them. I thought this worked. Use that necklace. <laughs> It'd be hilarious if she started screaming because it burned. <laughs> yeah. I, I kept constricting around her throat. It's a real choker! Oops. The idea of Hal Jordan being the quitter, that's another another constant in this movie anyway, Mm -hmm. that he never finishes anything that he starts. And you know, it's, it's, if from a writing point of view, it's hard, if you create, if you start with a character who is, he might be a little arrogant, but he, but he's very, very confident and he's kind of, he's essentially a hero now, but he doesn't know it. Then he has to, depending how you approach it, it could less could be limiting it could be limiting only from the point of view that it, the growth in the character doesn't seem as strong as when you start with somebody who doesn't know they're a hero doesn't want to be a hero and then becomes one but again with this character it's it's really hard to sell to people who know the character to make Hal to be so you know screwed up basically <laughs> across the board he's got issues clearly but 
but being strong-willed and being relatively fearless shouldn't be two of them. Mm-hmm. Hal flies off, and it's it's amazing Hector could fit his head in that car. (laughs) Which only gets worse. (laughs) He'll need a convertible. He's going to steal Metron's chair. (laughs) Or Modoc's. Kill. <laughs> As we're about to get a glimpse of Hector's other powers now, besides his, the advancing of his telekinetic powers. As he can see other people's memories. Wally's family was gunned down. That's a great look by Hector there. It's like, oops. Tough break. What is that thing? And why is that bed always being lifted and up and out all the time? Here comes Hector's favorite person. Hi, Dad. God, he's uglier than before. (laughs) I never wanted him before. I want him even less (laughs) now. Maybe that's why he was really chosen to examine the body, because he was the most expendable. (laughs) How went out to make our point alone. Hamlet Hal Jordan. To ring or not to ring? Beep, beep. Yep. You would think you'd want to sedate him for a long, long time. Just keep pumping that stuff into him. <laughs> I think they. I think they just assume that he going to be restrained no problem no and they and they they probably gave him a dose that should that probably physically should have kept him out for a while but because of his powers i was only kidding but yeah it's, it's 
the, the term medical coma comes to mind when you when you, when you want to make sure this guy's out. <laughs> Just keep pumping him. Yeah, this is a pretty disturbing sequence. That's gotta hurt. Yeah, anything with needles is not good. Oof. But they do like establishing the, uh, despite the fact that we know they've taken completely different paths and somewhat for very different reasons, or clear reasons, though, that both Hector and Hal Jordan definitely have their father mm-hmm. issues. Time to throw a senator on the Barbie. <laughs> this seems funny. Her just stuck on the stuck on the glass there. Where does he get the fire from? That's a good point. Letting your guard down, not a good plan. Shields, man, shields. And collapse. There goes my legs. <laughs> I like this. Isn't this is ability of Hector is kind of interesting. Mm. It is also it is also rather convenient from a plot point of view that he could do that anytime he wanted to. So I think. Whenever you need background or Hector to find out something, all he would really have to do is touch somebody. <laughs> Hector erupts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. And it's time to say goodbye to Tim Robbins. Maybe you'd feel bad for him if he was at all a redeemable character. But he's just a douche the entire movie. Oh yeah, he is. I'm not... that, that, is that is part of the problem. I mean, you're you're more or less being shocked because, or because of the fact that he's just frying his own dad like that. But it, but as far as a a good character or somebody who is likable or as you said redeemable, he, there's really no evidence of this. So it's not it's not like he's you know he's throwing Carol in there, throwing a puppy in there. It's not like, there's not a whole lot of emotional investment in in Senator Hammond. 
fast. And with that action, Parallax realizes Abin Sir's ring is back in action. And where he is. I think in the original script too, they kind of had they played up the fact that, which is an interesting point, that Hal is having so many problems dealing with Hector even in his telekinetic powers, even though they're not completely developed yet. And I think Sinestro just comes when Sinestro comes on to Earth. I think there was one draft that he basically just takes out Hector Hammond one two three, and that's another thing he throws in Hal's face that like a this this first grade telekinetic power or something along those lines that you're having trouble with. I think he just created like a bubble around Hector Hammond's head and st- starved all the oxygen out. <laughs> and he then knocked him out. <laughs> it's time for Hal small council <laughs> meeting. Here he is, the afraid Hal Jordan. This is probably one of the better parts for Carol, though. Yeah. One of the worser parts, worser, worst parts for uh, <laughs> Hal. Kind of like the epitome of the non, uh, of the fearful, whiny Hal. Yes. I mean, it, it would, it, it's fine for him to admit he's afraid, but I mean, like. He's just so woe is me. Yes, I agree. Yes, what they was in a way him admit him admitting that he was afraid would have actually had a little more weight to it if they had established previously that he really wasn't afraid. That almost nothing really phased him before. So if there was a moment there was something that finally made him ha- have self doubt, and then they would acknowledge this is why I'm having self doubt. That would kind of make more sense if you make it. It's not really much of a revelation if you're already establishing that the guy has fear in him. He's kind of he kind of chokes under pressure. That when it happens again, it's just par for the course. The Jeff Johns line. Hell, Blake, look at the camera and wink. <laughs> And that little pep talk is all it takes. <laughs> I'm a hero now. <laughs> Thanks, Adrian. <laughs> I think I'm going to go get the guy now. <laughs> Special delivery from Earth. This reinforces your point about yeah. the, where the secret chamber is it, ha- it has to be on Oa or accessible from Oa the crypts mm-hmm. because of the fact that they're at the, they're going into the uh, going near the secret chamber in order to make the yellow ring the first foreshadowing the yellow ring was pretty impressive though yeah I really want one. And this is kind of a how. This is like a how like moment, though, and the way he would just interrupt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like when the they used to just kick the door in when 
<laughs> yeah, I'm going in regardless. It'd be even funnier if Hal just flew up and punched one of them. It's a pretty good speech by Hal. Yeah, I guess. You can't really expect overall the weight of his words to really have much of a pull, though, because he is brand new and really hasn't done anything at all to deserve respect on their level. Hey, Guardians, don't your robes get dirty when they drag on the ground? Yeah, they do have long robes. Little blue dudes in red nightshirts. <laughs> Thanks for playing, but no. <laughs> Good speech, but uh, you're not worth it. Sade says no. Why would they stop him? It's just another ring bearer. <laughs> it's, not like get, it's not like they won't get another one in case he, he gets killed. Probably the first moment of borderline respect from Sinestro to Hal. <laughs> Word, dog. <laughs> You got guts, I'll give you that, kid. Incoming call. Cat in a tree, downtown Milky Yep. <laughs> downtown Coast City. Here comes Galactus. At least, he, at least Parallax had more definition to him than, than the Fantastic Four Galactus mm. ever did. Still not the best design, but... Heading towards the big rousing climax. Row, row. Uh-uh-uh. You didn't say the magic word. Uh-uh-uh. Oh, the love triangle. When Hal tries to convince them how much alike they are, <laughs> he does his best. Big gamble taking that ring off. This line's funny. 
Better late than never. Cleavage. Makes you wonder how well thought out. I mean, how much Hal really thought about, you know, the whole ring concept. Whether he was how sure he was that Hector couldn't really use the ring. Oh. You would almost think the parallax influence would not want Hector to take the ring. Unless he thought he could control it, of course. Yeah. Through Hector. This also would have been a cool opportunity to, for them to show like the, the ring resizing itself a little bit more than I think they did. Yeah, that would that would concept. be cool. Wow. What a rush. Yeah. <laughs> Still letting them blow shit up, though. That makeup must not have been easy to wear at this uh -oh. point. Pushing down in his eyes. There goes the vial of parallax. Now this part always bothered me with the ring. He should be able to call that ring to mm -hmm. him. Especially after what ha just happened, you know. If either the ring itself stopped Hector from being able to kill him or whether he was he was able to stop, you know, Hector from using the ring in that capacity. Regardless, the point is you should Hal should be able to call the ring to to him. That's pretty that's pretty much been established that you can do that. So I don't know why that would not have. I know you, you, you'd eliminate the whole running, running over dead bodies to, <laughs> to get the ring and Carol doing what she does in a few minutes, but still, it would have been more real, more realistic based on these power set. And there goes poor Hector. The way Parallax sucks the, the souls out of people is kind of cool. Though. Yeah. How hard would it have been to make a fear bug? No, I oh, I absolutely agree with that. I mean, it okay. almost seems like the the giant, ever expanding cloud, tentacle penis monster made up of <laughs> whirling, roiling skeletal remains of fearful people, constantly clawing and screaming and stuff, is more complicated than a giant yellow fear bug. Right, and besides the fact that technically speaking, Parallax is inside Krona, so you shouldn't even, so he, sh he shouldn't be as completely, mis he shouldn't be this kind of like amorphous looking creature to begin mm -hmm. with. It could have been where you didn't actually get to see what Parallax really looked like t until towards the end of the movie. 
They could have ripped Parallax out of Krona, which also could have allowed you to use Krona down the road again. And then you would have gotten to see what Parallax looked like. But regardless, yes, they absolutely should have. They could have actually completely done away with the whole Krona aspect of this and just had Parallax be Parallax. And that's what they should have done. If they wanted to use Parallax as a villain, then make him what he what he became. Make him make him the fear entity. Yeah. Which at least would have been cooler looking than this. Okay, citizens of major metropolitan areas, when is it ever a positive thing when weird-looking clouds suddenly start appearing over your head and you have no... Ex- <laughs> and so it's spreading out so, so non-randomly. <laughs> they all just stare up and they wait until something happens before they start running. Well, Parallax moves quick, man. Just like that. So this is how kind of becoming the how that we know. I wonder. Or at least taking the first steps. I wonder steps. if it has something to do with Parallax sucking fear out of him. Because mm, he I started, know. you know, sucking the energy out of Hal, but it was yellow. Well, that's because he's. Well, I, that's when he's. I think it's established. That's when they sense the fear. I know. Whenever they. I, I know. When they I don't. Sense I don't think it's just the fear they pull out of well, you. Though, maybe. But then they wouldn't kill you, though, if, if they were just sucking the fear out of you. I think they just – the fear is the gateway, I think. I think fear is the gateway to being able to kill you or take your soul. And there goes Coast City or parts of it. People are being sucked up like <laughs> – sucked up like flies. At least Hal does have a – couple of cool construct yeah. moments coming. But as some people have pointed out, when you get to the fact, when he creates the bubble, basically, and Parallax is coming at him, they don't really establish why Hal's, and why his will should be that much stronger. Or why his why will should be stronger to begin with, really, than fear. Other than his little speech to Sinestro. But this is pretty cool. The anti-aircraft gun is pretty cool. Take that, Parallax. And Hal just can't keep his guard up. He's never learned to mind his surroundings. Unless we're supposed to believe this little speech that Parallax is giving is enough to inspire Hal to, uh, or anger Hal in a way to fight harder than he's fought before. You would still think that based on everything we've seen of Hal up to this point, the fact that he has had so much trouble with Hector that there's no way he could do this. It's like, up yours. I'm not afraid of you now, buddy. And even and even when Parallax, was, when they were back at the hangar, and Parallax was sucking, was so easily sucking the fear out of Hal, or basically killing him, until Carol interfered. That was kind of borderline shaky, yeah. too. They gave a throwaway line about, uh, you know, that 
you, you, your will is strong, but you're nothing without the ring. But it would have been more. It would. He should have been more, even without the ring. He should have been more of a tougher nut to crack than that. Wayne Industries satellite. That's right. Product placement number two, or, my, or it could have been DC Movie mm-hmm. Universe. The asteroid belt conveniently located in the wrong place based on where they're flying, but it's okay. The part about the end is kind of the part that makes, well, making sense is always questionable in movies. But the fact that it's it's cool is that Hal is able to basically outthink Parallax. That he beats him more by outthinking him <laughs> than truly outfighting him. Asteroid Belt is that close to the sun, huh? Yep. And and we're heading this way, not that way. Suddenly we're there. <laughs> And right about here is where I can stop safely because I know this. I got Jet Parab <laughs> on my side, baby. Because I'm leaving on a jet plane. And I suppose we can appreciate in a way, even though this is, may not at all have been intentional. We know it's kind of like a final night homage, too, considering Hal near the sun and Parallax being sucked into the sun through with mm-hmm. Hal, or close to Hal. That they all have their relationships with the sun. Gotta love the big boxing glove. He's a little, he's getting a little weary here, but that's. And it's always nice when the cavalry shows up after the battle. But that was also a that was also a script revision. Originally, I think all all uh, Tomar, Sinestro, and Kilowog originally were helping Sinest- uh, Hal fight Parallax. Would have been better. Would have been more realistic. Mm-hmm. I think they wanted to make it more giving Hal his moment by be- having him do what no one else could do. But he could, again, he could he have still to- done it if he did kept this the sun thing. Hal's idea of de- ultimately defeating right they could have yes they could have had in a way Hal kind of go rogue and as in that's going to be his solution to, to, to deal with him or I know how to I think I know how to beat him just follow my lead kind of thing they could have done that but this movie would have been a lot better I think if the script if the script had not been ripped apart so many yeah. times this is a nice moment though I think so, so- Especially, even for Sinestro, I think it's a nice moment. So, do the Lanterns never have anything to do? <laughs> that they're, they're all just always on O. <laughs> this is all of them. Special, special occasions. And bank holidays. But they never mention that. Like, you know, in Tomar, all of Tomar's exposition, he couldn't have once said, this is a special occasion, or, you know, this is... We could have, you know, when he shows Oa, we could have seen, rather than just a bunch of ships flying around the surface of Oa, also seen various other Green Lanterns coming in from orbit. Like, you know, they're all arriving for the big meeting. 
And why do there have to be a meeting? Everybody can com- communicate by ring, right? Hey, everybody, stay in your sectors. But uh, guess what? There's this huge threat out there. I want you to be aware of it. Uh, you're updated now. Just be on lookout. And the Penny Social is on the 14th. Don't forget. <laughs> Potluck to follow. That's right. Bring your own, since who knows if you can even eat whatever anybody else I brings. I will bring Kundi and air, ale. <laughs> yes. Come in a five-pack. Poor Carol. She's sad. Can you put on the mask? Can you take off the mask? (laughs) (laughs) Take off the uniform, but leave on the mask. (laughs) I'm going to look for trouble. <laughs> I think it's Hal Jordan like he really is going to have to look very far. See, this is why I kind of wish that he, would, like I was talking about earlier, flirting with other girls and but still had a thing for Carol because with him going now out into space, if there was a sequel, you could set him up as like, you know, the, the James Kirk of right. of the Green Lantern universe, you know, him flirting with alien chicks or something. Like like he is in the animated series, he's flirting with Aya. Yep. That would have been a that would have been a good mm-hmm. approach. And Tomar's little exposition there again at the end. And there we go, the yellow green energy. Red. Let's throw, let's throw a part. That's probably all you need to know right there. So many people's hands are in the screenplay in the story. That's usually not a good sign. Orange. There are, there are occasionally good movies that have a bunch of people that have touched, that have, that have, you know, when you see like five people attached giving screenwriting credit, usually that's not a good sign though overall. And of course, this is all leading to the mid-credit scene since there's no true, uh, post-credit scene. Which is a, which as Green Lantern fans, I'm sure we all appreciate it. It just seems, again, from a context. Yeah, there's no reason. No, there's no reason for it. You can, you can certainly, you would have been able to explain it away because there is no time frame well, for when that actually occurs. There's no belief, there's no reason to think, oh, it literally occurred like, you know, as soon as, as soon as the party just broke up on OI and the Guardians took a nap, that Sinestro went to go Well, do in that. episode 100, you had made the suggestion about, um, it would have been more effective if, if Sinestro was just looking at it, rather than yes, and I think that I think I think that's I think that's true. I think from a foreshadowing point of view, that would have been mm-hmm. enough. Um, Maybe have I think uh, have the light reflected in his or symbol reflected in his eyes. Yes, I I still think that would have that would have worked. The that was that clearly this is a this was a gift, if you will, to the fans. But again, for people who aren't fans, they may, 
you don't know how if they're even going to understand the relevance of it or why he would do that. That's the biggest problem. Is the question is why would he do that? Because in this movie, you really there's nothing on the screen in this movie that suggests Sinestro is really mm-hmm. bad or he's even leaning towards bad. He might have issues. There are hints that he has problems with the Guardians, but that would, that just means that he's got a brain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and here we go. Green Lantern now. Whoosh. Fade in. Only yellow ring at this point, broken out of its little bubble. Mm-hmm. Flying right into a Green Lantern's hand, and there's Sinestro popping off his ring, though of course he doesn't use his uniform. Maybe because he's on OA. Transforming into the uniform that we're very familiar with, which looks pretty damn awesome. And he closes his eyes, which I remember someone we had on in the. Uh Episode 100 saying this is the only time he ever closes his eyes in the whole movie. He doesn't even blink. And, th- and there he goes with yellow mm-hmm. eyes. And roll credits. <laughs> so that that was our uh, that was our commentary. And this was our first attempt at it. If for any movie, I'm sure we'll probably do others. Obviously, this was hopefully our our first attempt went well. I think mm-hmm. it did. Um, the Sinestro, as we mentioned, right when the movie began, Sinestro being it, as he was portrayed anyway by Mark Strong, is probably the highlight of this movie, and it's really sad that in all likelihood, no matter what they do with the the DC uh, movie universe going forward, that we probably will not see him as Sinestro again. I guess there's a chance they could. Uh, if I was if I was <laughs> in charge at WB, I certainly would do everything I could to try to bring him back, especially if you have no des- desire to do another origin story and you're going to keep Hal around with a different actor, it still would make sense from a continuity point of view because you've already established Sinestro. So, but it's kind of that's one of the things we'll never see because he was a perfect Sinestro, and having him square off against Hal and some version of a even one-on-one, let alone a Sinestro core versus Green Lantern core conflict, would have been pretty awesome to see on screen. Yeah. So, um, one of the things I wanted to uh, get out there before the credits end and uh, we go into our our closing is uh, for all of those uh, listening. When I was listening, to, and I, I mentioned it a couple times in this episode, to episode 100, um, which uh, you know contained the first talk, you know, shout-outs of the movie and everything, uh, with, including spoilers. I, I was surprised when I was re-listening to it that a lot of people actually liked this movie when it first came out. So if you liked the movie when it first came out, and maybe you were even on episode 100... What happened between then and now that causes you to dislike it? So, in other words, assuming you, assuming yeah, assu- you do. assuming you do, because I was in the same boat. I I heard myself saying, you know, more negative things than most people in that review in that uh, in that episode. But at the same time, I was also overly po- I was more positive than negative on it. Whereas now, you know, I don't have a great, a fond memory of this movie and it's, I still don't like it. So is it just multiple watchings or maybe you kind of, you know, finally came down from the high of, oh my God, it's a live action Green Lantern movie and then actually turned a critical eye to it? Or, I mean, what is it? Well, what, what caused you to initially like it and then all of a sudden, you know, change your opinion from positive to negative? Uh, so definitely write in and let us know. And I still think 
I still personally think this movie does catch a little bit more hell than it deserves. It was not a great movie. It was not the Green Lantern movie that we could have gotten and probably deserved mm-hmm. to get. But I don't. I still don't think it's considerably worse than than a bunch of other comic book movies that we've seen. I think I do. I still firmly believe that the. I still firmly believe the marketing of this movie did have an effect on the way people perceived it. They put the first trailer out when they did. It wasn't ready. People had – timing-wise, it made perfect sense because they wanted to put on Harry Potter. So they went, mm-hmm. So it made perfect sense why they released it when they did, but it wasn't ready and they suffered for it. The movie was originally supposed to be a December release, and then they, then they pushed it back six months to June. But in retrospect, in hindsight, they probably would have been better off just pushing it back a whole year. Because they essentially missed any real positive buzz they could have gotten for Comic-Con because their only Comic-Con was when the movie they had literally had almost nothing or had nothing mm-hmm. to show. So if they had pushed it back from December of – it came out, what, 2011? Mm-hmm. That if they had pushed it back to December of 2011 instead of June of 2011, they, I think they would have been better served. It would have been a bigger gap between all the rest of the comic book movies that, that year. They would have had some separation. And they also would have been able to use Comic-Con, and pretty much the movie would have been done at this point. So they would have been able to do a lot at Comic-Con. Because it's hard to remember now, but there was actually a lot of interest and buzz for Green Lantern heading into that Comic-Con that they were in, that they appeared in. But that was the first kind of step downward, that it kind of sapped some of the energy because they had nothing to show. They didn't bring anything to the table. The first trailer people didn't like, and that kind of scared Warner Brothers because you didn't see anything again for like literally for like four or five months. And but they started bombarding people with trailers from like from May on because the new I think the next trailer didn't appear on a movie until Thor came out because that's when the posters showed up because I remember I got my poster at my at my Regal that I got my my poster the night Thor came out so they did nothing marketing wise not even before then and then they just bombarded us with a bunch of trailers and commercial after commercial after commercial from the end of May all through June and I think it just made kind of had that almost like reek of desperation to the movie. So I don't think that really helped the buzz. And it may have made people go, even from a critical point of view, it may have made people going go into the movie with a lot more of a uh, cynical approach to it than they might have otherwise. But I don't think I like it quite as much as I did when I first saw it, but I already knew what, how, bad the review, how bad the reviews were when I went in to see it the first time. So even some of my enthusiasm, I think, was sucked out before I saw it on the midnight showing. It's a soundtrack album on Water Tower Music. What soundtrack? Let's see, Baby You Don't Want to Know, Fancy Woman, That's Where It's At, Come Softly. Claudy Miss Claudy. Yeah. So, was there a soundtrack with these songs? Or was it just the the score? There probably was a soundtrack. There's a soundtrack for almost every movie. I'll have to look that up afterwards. Yeah, um, thanks for sticking with us, guys. Um, and in just a moment here, I'm going to give uh, Mark the cue to uh, go into the closing so that I know exactly where to edit this out when I say go. Um, but, um, yeah, thanks for thanks for sticking with us, and hopefully you enjoyed it. Uh, and if not, then just let us know. <laughs> we still have uh, We still have Emerald Knights and uh, other things to give a commentary track for. Um, there's that ad for comics. Uh, <laughs> yes, I remember that well. <laughs> but uh, if so, if Mark would just go ahead and give us out the closing right about now.
If you'd like to contact us, you can email us, lanterncast at gmail.com, lanterncast at gmail.com. You can also visit our website, lanterncast.com. You can access our forums, our product reviews, our galleries, our blogs, our Bring Cyclopedia episodes, which we have three done now, and there's going to be should be another one going up soon. You can follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook. Locate us using hashtag GLCast on both. We are on iTunes and Stitcher, and if you like us on iTunes, please leave us a positive review. Last but not least, if you'd like to leave us a voicemail, call us at 708-LANTERN. 708-LANTERN, and let us know what you think. All right, y'all. Uh, that is the end of this episode, and uh, two more, and you get number uh, 200. So uh, hold on to your butts. we got awesome stuff coming your way. Good night, Good night. everybody.